<laughs> I'm happy. Leave me alone. I just want some money. What it do, what the business is, another week in the books as you've come to expect. I am Spike Lou. Mo, what up, man? What's good with y'all, man? Another chapter, Not dog. Complain. Yeah. You wasn't asking me, you talking to the people out there. Ah, oh, my bad, it's a habit, sorry. <laughs> Got you, got you, my nigga. I'm waving. I'm not waving at you. I'm waving at the person behind yeah, you. The person behind me. One of them, like when we play it off, we rub your back of your head or whatnot. He's like, oh, is that so and so? Nah, that ain't. Oh, my bad. Like, I thought she was my cousin. <laughs> we back in this thing, man. What is this? Chapter seven of another week in the books. It is based on excitement this week, man. Excitement, celebration, and also a little bit, yeah, celebration. Excitement and celebration. What you get excited about? We want it to be as we always are, you know, a little getting into it. Also, a little lighthearted, a little yeah. bit more fun this week. Just keeping up with the same theme as we've been doing as another week in the books. As always, man, we appreciate the support. We got to find something to call our readers, listeners, bookies, people that listen, whatever we can come up with, man. So, if y'all <laughs> send us an email at AWITB2022, that's the initials for another week in the books podcast 2022 at gmail.com so y'all yes, shoot us some information over there man we got an email we're gonna read it at the end of the show we got a new wrinkle in there mo i saw you add oh yeah it's very interesting the feedback man i can't wait to see what you got to say about that <laughs> where we get to with that and yeah as always we'll open that up though you guys can send some stuff over to aw another week in the books podcast awitb mm-hmm. 2022 Yes, sir. Uh, so, uh, this week um, on deck, you guys covered mm-hmm. on on the other podcast that Spike Glue as well as Animal Brown have um, on deck TV podcast. You guys had talked show. about the on deck TV show. The show, okay. Show. My bad, <laughs> Weezy F baby. Don't forget that. Yeah, don't forget I mean? the baby. The show. <laughs> no, uh, we just tried. The reason behind it, I don't know if people ever asked. We we merchandise everything. We wanted to it to be a bigger medium mm-hmm. than just a podcast. And since so many other podcasts were starting, uh, we wanted it to have enough. Uh, excuse me. We wanted it to be the on deck TV show. That way we can always grow it and have it in different platforms. It can always still be what it was originally on the podcast, you know, the mm-hmm. TV show. So that's the reason why we switched it from show 
excuse me, from podcast and show. And hence this one too, another week in the books. I don't want to be just in the podcast box mm-hmm. with any of this stuff that we start. Yeah. So. No, no, I feel that. And, and I look at this uh, as we get into it, but I look at this as this is a movement. Like, and like he said before, we don't have a way to classify the supporters you here. Rapper, you grew up in that rap. <laughs> what? What, what are you talking about, bro? I, even I, don't, I remember when all the rappers said that. Said what? Hey, this is a movement. <laughs> this is, oh, this is no, a they movie. said it's a movie. They said movie, not okay, movie. Yeah, you absolutely right. Your era did. Your era said movie. My era said it's a movie. So you, you might have missed that. See, right. look, look. He, hey, one hey, of these you. days, man, I'm going randomly just plug in some some of my, some part of my music in here i don't know where because because he's bringing out high the 16 that oh, die yeah, line, that high uh, die line fire that top five you know what i mean you told me this week man you come from a family of rappers though i do i do actually uh me my sister my father holy smokes my uncle then my aunts they sing uh another uncle sings my brother sings and rap actually he was the the first like innovator in our family that did both that's dope you know that's one of the biggest things man that i missed about not having a father around Mm -hmm. i always am envious when i talk to guys my age and they say oh yeah my dad did it whether they're like a handyman or they're a plumber or you saying that you guys are in music or they're a coach it's always dope for me to see uh like guys even little girls they hung around their kids that much mm-hmm. and took over the family business take pride in it and that's always dope like legacy building for me so that's cool do you think that that's gonna be a ben- well first i should ask is that is that something you would want in the future to be a father? Is that is that a thing for you or have you? I'm on the fence. It's getting okay. late, man. It's fourth quarter for me. I know it but, is. Uh, I'm gonna have to make a decision here pretty soon. I'm on the fence though. I ain't I ain't okay. decided one way or another. I wouldn't be mad mm-hmm. if I wasn't, and I wouldn't be down if I was. So. Okay. I ain't mad at that either way. I mean, um, if you so choose to, I feel like that in a way could work in your favor which is a weird thing to say because you you didn't have like your father like as present even though we know that you you guys had a form of relationship but i think that it's going to benefit you if you so choose to have children because now you think about these things that you always yearn for and want it that's one of the things (laughs) i'm I'm either going to be ocd with and they're going to hate it or love it because that's i'm i want that right there what you're talking about like oh Mm -hmm. Come to work with me Come do this mm-hmm. podcast with me Or hop on the show When you're three or four years old Just cause the shit Good and then pick up on you Like that I am totally with 100% Like I'm gonna be OCD With like If I do choose to have a child Get my child involved With whatever I do And being involved With what they do Like that's why One of the reasons Why I chose to wait Till later So I can mm-hmm. be fully established and I, Cause I wanna be all in I'm going to all the games I'm going to the travel shit Nigga I'm at PTA mm-hmm. meetings I'm there I'm all of that nigga Hey I'm bro the, I'm the helicopter parent nigga <laughs> I'm here nigga The helicopter parent I am here nigga I'm everywhere And it's too Because of what you said Like my mom was working She didn't have a chance To do that yeah. So I've always envisioned Myself as just like Fully in depth Nigga talk Little kid walk through the door Tell me about your day Let's sit down And have dinner together mm-hmm. like, I feel like that that's Because The generation our moms and them they like that it was really installed to them you know you work you make sure that your kids are good being actually raising and not to say that my mom did a bad job at all but just being involved mm-hmm. 
our generation does a great job of that. I see like guys mm-hmm. my age involved in their kids stuff, going to football, PTA meetings, and stuff of that nature. So I plan on being that too. Like I think our generation has done a great job of parenting with that and just being involved mm-hmm. versus our moms them generation. I think I and, plan to continue that. And I think that um it brings something out of you different. Like it really does. Cause when we were pregnant, it was I mean I mean, probably for most people and mm-hmm. let alone young married people, when we were pregnant, it was like we kind of were trying, but it was like kind of a difficult process. But when we were pregnant, it was like kind of unbe- unbelievable yeah. <clears throat> at the time. But like it brings something different out of you. Like it's just certain things you can't. You, it's certain elements about yourself you don't realize until you come across the situation. And when we had our daughter. You know, it's still, you know, for for fathers and we'll we'll keep it moving here. But with fathers is different because you're not as connected to the child because you didn't carry them. You didn't birth them. You know, you didn't feel that. That's the thing. I thought you'd be as connected. No, no, no. I'm I'm saying in the initial. Uh Uh, There's always a different connection because in some in some of my brothers that may be listening now, y'all know exactly what I'm saying. When like your child is born and you realize it's your child, but you ain't really it ain't resonated yet that oh this oh this me like i i gotta take they they ain't look ain't nobody else coming along it's me i'm the dad like it's a weird dynamic and i remember when she was born you know and my wife had a c-section and and i got to do the skin to skin you know it's like dad would you like to do skin absolutely unbutton my shirt put my baby in there so skin to skin is like when they when a baby is born I, I guess they basically take on the temperature of the parent. So they put, they put, it's, I, it's some kind of connective thing. I'm not, right. I'm not super familiar with the healthcare and, and purpose, but I think it's something about like the temperature and them getting familiar and comfortable. So they were stitching her back up. So they said, dad, are you comfortable? Absolutely. Unbutton my little button up shirt, put, put my baby in there for the first time. And I just held her on my chest and kind of buttoned it up. They's like, okay, dad. And so I just held her there for a moment and then, you know, the process continued, but it didn't, it still didn't really resonate till we got home. And I, as I spoke before, we was living my father-in-law and his family until my, my wife was asleep and my daughter was up. And I remember looking at them goo goo eyes. Mm -hmm. And then I I remember uh, crying nigga as I am (laughs) tear coming down. And I realized, I said, Oh shit, she needs me. And something in me came out that never, I ain't never been like the hard nigga. Like, I ain't never been the thug, gangster nigga, the super defensive, ready for whatever. Like, I ain't never been that. But that moment, I remember holding her head and curling her up and looking at her. I have a teardrop. I said, Daddy going to protect you. I got you. I don't care what happens. I'm going to be there for you. And I remember that moment. And ever since then, I've been, you know, been honoring that. You know, you got your shortcomings or whatever, but. But that shit is so special, man. So I, I, you know, if you do so choose, man, I think it'd be a beautiful thing for you. And I understand exactly what you're saying. The PT, PTA meetings we've had oh, those man, conferences. Man. That shit is cool, though, bro. I got it a really homeboy. is. I got a homeboy, man. He listens to this show. He complimented us last week on this. I was so in awe of his journey as far as him having children. Like we, I used to hang with him every day, probably before I moved down here. And he made some mistakes as far as his baby mama. Mm-hmm. But he never let that deter him from like and he had daughters, and I saw that man go to like since he and the baby mamas were at odds or they weren't 
quote unquote fit. I'm using air quotes here because I don't want to be detrimental to him. Boy, he could have gave up, bro. And I seen that nigga go to court and fight for custody of his kids. Mm. Sort of to like what you're saying. And it's very rare that you see a black man, just normal Joe, just like working every day for mm. what he wants and to build his family up, get custody of not one but two kids. Mm. And he went and did that. And I commend him for that. If he's listening to this, like hats off to you. I've always been very impressed by that as, as a father as we talked about you know being more credible to black men give black men more credit i don't never really think i told him how just i ain't nobody to, for him to be proud of or anything like that but it's just it was a, yeah. a great representation of stepping up and doing what you needed to do for guys of our generation because he did that he 100 did that still today he got a beautiful family uh, he's going on to marry. He found mm. the right woman, and she, you know, married with kids now, and he's an exemplary guy. So, mm. shout out to him, man. He hey, did. Shouts out to him, black man, Salute. whoever you are, brother. Shouts out to you, man, stepping up and handing your responsibilities and being there because, you, you know, some of us know the difficulties of having a father figure in our life, but not really knowing how to be a father. And some of us know what it's like not to have a father at all. So. Hey, shouts out to him, man. That Straight nigga up. dad was worsome too, boy. His dad was one of the few dads that was around. That nigga dad was worsome. What does that His mean? His dad was one of them dads is like, come here, young man. Let me do, pull your pants up. Let me tell you what you're doing wrong in your life. <laughs> nigga, shut up, nigga. That was his dad. But I mean, ultimately now we can see that he meant well. Mm. It was just the message was totally off on how he was trying to tell us. But his dad was one of those dads, man. Yeah. So maybe that strung with him in a long way to make sure that he fought for what was his and make sure that his kids are all right. But it definitely, it definitely translated to the second generation, man. Shout out to him. Shots and, and, and that, that human deep can, quick, man. Even before the off deck, <laughs> hey man, this is what we do on another week how in the books, man. Books. You know what I mean? This is chapter seven. This is how we do it, man. Get used to it, man. So, Absolutely. but uh, off deck. It's a question that you got from the on deck TV show yes, that sir. you heard during the week. Yes. Okay. So, so you, uh, Adam I was kind of surprised that all you. That's all you had was the Tupac joint. Uh, I mean, I, I could some good shit in there. It it was it was some places, but. Motor got in his bag. You ain't really with the on deck, all deck shit no more. He's like, nigga, I'm. Nah, 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 nah. I'm in my bag now. Fuck off. And then rapper mode, he hit rapper mode. No, man. See, look, this is going to be a recurrent thing rapper mode. That's what I'm going to call it when you're in rapper mode. When you get to going, I'm like, he in rapper mode. Niggas going to be like, bro, where is this nigga music? Because y'all keep saying he in rapper mode. I don't believe this nigga rapped. I promise you. Niggas going to be like, what is this nigga? You know. Mixtape coming soon, nigga. It's coming soon, nigga. I would put some unreleased shit out and shit, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, not. Uh, what I try to do is because last week I I felt like with the off deck we spoke on it, we kind of went a little bit more in depth depth okay. with the uh, Michael Rubin uh, party and everything, but it mm, it kind of yeah. felt like a part two to what was already spoken of. So I wanted to kind of take it in a different direction, okay? Because because on this show I kind of like to make things a little more personal. Um, and not just for the sake of the entertainment aspect of it, but just kind of a, a personal connection, mm-hmm. which is why I think that this show is on the path of success. And so this week's off that question, you guys spoke about Tupac because of the comments that T-Pain had made about if social media was around, uh, so on and so forth. But I wanted to take it in a different direction, just ask, like, outside of music, what has Tupac meant to you as a man? Mm. Like from being a young man to now, 
you know, what is some of the biggest things that you've taken away just from what he was able to accomplish in his young time, a uh, young amount of years on this earth? 26 when he died, right? 26. Oh, uh, that's a great question, man. And it ties into everything that we've probably talked about upbringing and family and how we, I was specifically was raised more so by music than I would say parents or family. Like I, I turned to music a lot. And one of the first people, other than, I know I've said Too Short here, mm-hmm. I've said Master P, but originally, man, it was Pac. Like, Pac was like, P was an uncle, and Too Short was like the cool cousin. Pac was like, almost like a young father figure or something mm-hmm. of that nature, man, because... One of the things and why we were talking about him, T-Pony said, was claiming lyrically that Pac wouldn't resonate today. He wouldn't translate. And I think that's the farthest thing from the truth in the sense of his lyrics are more like poem, poems. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about rap scheme and scowl, it may be very simplistic, but it doesn't take away from the words that he's using and how he's using them. Uh, so I do think that he was off base there and to your question of why Pac was so relevant it was because it was so easy to digest like you don't have to listen to shit four or five times to get it you listen to four or five times with Pac for it to resonate for it to hit but you mm-hmm. understood fully what he said the first time through because it was so clear it wasn't a lot of rap mumbo jumbo lyrical miracle shit it was straight poignant clear cut dope so with that being said being <laughs> younger absolutely so when i'm younger i didn't have to decipher a lot Pac was made it easy for a 13 14 year old boy to understand like well, here's what i'm saying here's why i'm mad about it you can hear it in my voice or here's why i'm passionate about it here's why i love my mom with dear mama here's why me and my homeboy falling out is a big deal with um what is the name of the song Dun, 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 dun. I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, here's how I talk to a girl on what's your phone number. Here's how I talk to the world on keep your head up. Any type of way that you're trying to go or how you're feeling today, I got a song for it. So that was the first thing that stuck out. And then secondly, it, like I said, it was easy to digest. So it's impacting my childhood. When I would get mad, I'm going to listen to pop. Cutting the headphones on. Like, I've been I, part of the reason I was telling you before we started, my hearing is bad. I used to go plug my headphones into the stereo turn it all the way up and bang Pac mm-hmm. reciting the lyrics loud mama knocking the door well shut up you too loud I can hear you out here so that was like therapeutic I, that was meditative back then taking all of that in it showing me without having a father figure around without having someone around to put their hands in the pot per se and raise me how I should have been raised or how you take time to sculpt a child my mind was sculpted by mm-hmm. Pac mm-hmm. my mind as far as my perception of women or how I should handle situations with friends or how the bravado like you talked about you've never been this this type of guy like mm-hmm. I learned that from Pac oh yeah you know what I'm saying that, that that learning to be tough like that and talk that way I learned that from Tupac and Master mm-hmm. P I have a dad to teach me like when you go out this is how you carry yourself it didn't become till I got a lot older in life that you figure out how you want to do those things separately of music and shit that you learn but early on this is where I learned all this shit nigga I learned how to carry myself in life from Tupac from Master P so 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 Tupac was he 
Did you take from him like a certain level of balance at that age, or was it, did you not even like really gather that part of it, but more so like the the passion, the aggressiveness, the you know? You know what? This story gonna sound weird and may not even be believable. I have a cousin. People that know me and his name is Tommy. He's older than me, maybe 13, 14 years older than me. And when Machiavelli came out, I can't remember what he wanted. We was listening to something else, but he I was like, nah, you gotta hear this new pop. You gotta hear this. Cause he had always put me on music. He introduced me to the ghetto boys, Scarface. You know how the older cousins is. Mm-hmm. Like he used to come around sometimes. We'd be back from college. He went to Mississippi Valley State, played quarterback for them. But uh, to answer your question and the reason the story goes with it about perspective and thinking that you have a balance there were a couple of songs on there that's, that I've always loved that are still a couple of my favorite songs to this day but the one that stood out mostly what people were going crazy about was the me and my girlfriend joint mm-hmm. <clears throat> of course Tupac is rapping about his gun as mm-hmm. his girlfriend uh, mimicking the earlier Nas song where he rapped about the gun on the dresser or whatnot, and my cousin being older than me, he was like, "Oh man, you thinking that he put me on something?" But I was a little only child. I'm in perspective. I knew what the fuck was going on. But oh man, he talking about his gun here, man. This and that. This is the best song going here. This dope. This cool. This dope. And I'm like, yeah, I like that song. That's fire. But have you listened to White Man's World? Mm. I'm 12, 13 years old. This nigga 26. He's like, yeah, I mean, put, play that one. And he played it. And he looked at me. Like, damn, little nigga, like, what you know? Almost in a sense of what you know about that. And two, how did I miss it pointing this bullshit out to you about the gun and to me and my girlfriend? And you pointing out white man's world. And I'm sure you know the differences in those songs. Not taking yeah. anything away from me and my girlfriend but white man's world is a totally different song totally different right <laughs> i felt that second verse like that just stuck out to me like just the whole that he said something about not having a dad or whatnot but that stuck out to me that second verse but from that story and why it's always stuck out to me and why i remember that is because like what you said there was always that duality there with Pac for me yeah it was hit him up yeah it was fuck your bitch yeah it was all of that and i appreciated and i learned from that but i also took a lot from white man's world yeah. at 13 i also took a lot from keep your head i used to know keep your head up like the second week that shit came out i had to record it on a tape like listening mm-hmm. to that back to back that was one of my mom's favorite songs oh yeah so with all of that being said yeah i respected the duality of it and sometimes it even takes like me being 13 my cousin being older than me 26 looking for a certain thing and taking somebody else with fresh ears fresh eyes and look at it from another perspective and be like damn and he written it he's like no nah, this is the best song on there. i remember that. Uh, i was proud boy i was proud put him on something because he nigga. like i said he had always put me on music he introduced me to scarface so yeah that was nigga dope. you was always meant to do on deck like mm. that right there is like such a, a if you had like a documentary in like an audio version that shit would be a part of like the documentary of on deck like a part on your side of the journey yes because that shit is crazy to be 12 to educate a 24 year old on like well that's crazy bro like I, i'm trying to get myself together but i'm trying to like <laughs> that's a real life story i, I wonder do he remember that i'm gonna ask him do he remember damn that. that's crazy I all right 
Nah, but when I was a kid, <clears throat> what about Pac for you? Or if it wasn't Pac, was it someone else? No, nah, it's definitely it, it. Well, uh, well, when I was when I was a kid, like when Pac passed, what was that ninety six? Yep, September I was six. So I was six years old. Mm. So, so okay, I remember. Yeah, so that's interesting. Tell me about that. So I remember music being on, but like. It's so hard because sometimes when you when you was a little kid, a lot of stuff like from like like a baby to like ten, nine maybe, it's like a blur a little bit. You remember pieces and parts, but like you kind of don't remember everything until people kind of fill in the blanks for you. So I remember hearing Pac's music at that age, just being a little boy, a little kid. But I, of course, it didn't resonate or connect. And when I got older, like let's just say eighteen. 19 when I started rapping my uncle my uncle Timmy which was in town recently uh I remember him telling me like like this nigga was like Tupac's the best like he's the best whatever I'm like nah I don't know what I don't age remember you you said I was probably 18 19 okay I was like I don't, I don't know at this point you know Tupac had passed away but I was like I don't know like I mean I like his stuff but like I, I ain't quite get it yet and so over the years going through my 20s I'm 32 now but like going through my 20s like I kind of would like jump into like me against the world and come out and come back and Machiavelli come back you know go all, all eyes on me Tupacalypse I just jump around with it I told you about that blend tape that I have uh, oh my the god th- good in mob uh, shit hey, it's fire it's fire okay. nah, you, hey. you you like blends a lot more than nah, nah, I, I don't like I don't like blends though Well you like, sent me the Seinfeld and Sopranos blend So I put you in a box of a blend guy Well that only reason I like that is because <laughs> Okay hold on hold on wait 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 Before we do that we ain't about to, we ain't about to do me any type of way Hold on I'm real good at just putting people in You really are creating the narrative right now You've been doing this too long see But look but look so So that the Sopran Sopran field or whatever like it literally is just there's like a couple pages like this where they just tie Sopranos and Seinfeld together like because I guess they just uh, like both shows and I'm like me and you both like both shows so I just think that shit is cool now as far as the blue was <laughs> and Pac but, and Goody Mob that was just disrespectful how I'm joking go ahead oh nigga I say what you I didn't even listen to it to be honest with you I listen to <laughs> Guess what Guess what your homework is <laughs> Nah Nah but Like uh, I think 2020 And I'm, I'm gonna try to Keep us moving here But 2020 I uh, I watched the uh, Tupac movie um, What was the uh, Resurrection the movie? Resurrection mm-hmm. And he narrated They had clips And he narrated His whole story The best documentary ever Oh man Oh man bro Like yeah. that shit Was so He's- fire Easily the best music And so I connected with it And then I It it makes me so sad It's like For y'all that's listening Like if y'all ever Y'all have watched Boys in the Hood Every time you see Ricky run You just hope For whatever reason Something's gonna change You're like Oh he's gonna get away this time You know the ending of the shit But you always hope The outcome is different and it's not going to be different because that's how it is. That's how I feel about Tupac. When I watch that movie and get to it, I'm like, damn, I don't want to get to the end because I know he's not no longer here. What I gathered from Tupac outside of music is his passion, his belief, 
his uh, strength as far as like that clip was like, I have no fear. I have no fear. Like, I'm like, this nigga means that. Like, niggas be like, oh, he wasn't gangster. He wasn't. Okay, yeah, but this nigga was shooting at the cops. How many niggas you know doing that? Niggas ain't shooting at the cops, bro. Like, so for me, it's like his rebel attitude about things and his passion just being a young man like imagine that nigga at 35 you know what I mean like the things he could have got accomplished so for me it's like his fearlessness now however I do think that you need to be uh, intentional about the words that you speak and that'll kind of tie into the homework that you gave me Uh, it made me think about some things about uh, Pac and kind of like the things that he would speak lyrically but as far as just my connection with him like just him as a man like being passionate and standing up for what he believed in and not being scared to be honest and live his truth like that nigga did not give a fuck and so I respect that shit so rest in peace Tupac and uh, rest in peace to his uh, mother as well and um, shouts out to all the people that uh, still rock with Tupac man absolutely Always fun to talk about Tupac, and that goes to a part of his legacy, too. Still, what, 30, 40 years, him still being an interesting part of mm. this culture so heavily. Yeah, it's crazy. So, that was another week in the books off deck section. And if you're new here, that's the first part of it as far as, you know, when... We get questions from the On Deck TV podcast, hip hop based stuff that Mo, as a listener, wants to know about the other podcast. And we have good conversation from that. And you see where it goes in the front end. Next thing, we got some current events, man. It was a challenge I wanted to ask you about being a father here. It's pretty funny that I've seen on social media. And this is the Put Your Shoes On Challenge. Is that what's called? I don't know. I just made it up off the top of my head. And <laughs> nice. you paid me for that. Nice. But uh, if you don't know, kids were going up. There are a lot of viral TikTok trends about it. Kids were going up. Well, excuse me. Parents going up to their kids, telling them, hey, put your shoes on, man. Somebody outside want to fight me. They got a kid with them. And I need you to fight the kid. And they're filming the kid's reaction. Some good videos from this man It's very interesting to see How some of the kids played And their responses I thought it was cute It was one of them man though It was it was a tough one man Look kid was Look guy was scared You could tell he didn't want to do it He was just Backed all the way into a corner But overall It was lighthearted. It was fun And I wanted to know what you thought as a parent about it. And also maybe what you think how you would have reacted had that happened to you at about eight or nine years old. Because I know me, I I like you. I ain't a crybaby, but I ain't the tough guy either. I ain't trying to be a tough guy. That's real. That's real. (laughs) Just joking about the crybaby. But no, if my mom had done that, I probably would have started crying about eight or nine. Like, okay. like what go fight somebody for you. What, mm-hmm. what what are you talking about so I that that may have been my reaction or I may have been ready to squabble up I was like a pretty standoffish little kid too mm-hmm. but I wasn't in many fights I wasn't in a lot of fights as a kid yeah. so I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm pretty much about 80% sure I would have probably cried <laughs> that. I wouldn't have been as bad as I would have liked to have been yeah. in that situation in my later years I do admit that I, I can be real with myself there well, well hold what on you, what's that you, so you're already into it like 
Okay. What as a the eight nine year old Lou? Yeah. We talked, you know, talk about like possibly crying. Is it, what what would be like the fear of? It? It's like I don't want to get punched in the face, like because there's uh, like obviously no. something. Like, I one hundred percent know what that is. It ain't got nothing to do with the other child. It goes to do with how I hold my life in the regard that I hold my mother in. My biggest fear would be going and losing the fight. If I had to go fight mm. for my mom and I wasn't able to beat the other little kid up and being another man to let her down at eight. Mm. Million percent know that that would have been it. Because that's how a lot of the decisions that I've made in my life are things that have sometimes helped me, sometimes hurt me as far as it been like not wanting to let my mom down. Sometimes it makes me apprehensive in some of the chances that I could have taken to do things a lot more. And sometimes it helps you keep you out of situations that you know you shouldn't be in. So it kind of works in both ways, the yin and the yang of it. But yeah, to, I 100% had thought that out too. And that's what it would have been, not wanting to let her down. The fight, don't it didn't mean shit. I, I was not willing to fight. We can get it on. But it would have been more so the pressure that was with doing it for my mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. That what goes back you? to that goes back to the the generational Rex uh, chapter. Yeah, it goes well, we, back to that chapter. Yeah, yeah like you be, wanting yeah. to be that, wanting to be that person for your mother, yeah. making sure that you don't let her down. So, yeah. and that, that those go to a lot of judgments in my life and how I carry mm-hmm. myself. The tattoos. Yep, the tattoo story, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, so from the parent perspective, like, to be honest, bro, like, I'm not a big prank. Would you do that prank? You wouldn't do that? Hell no. I'm How not a seven. Should uh, be eight next month, so I'm just gonna say eight. Okay. Third grade. So she's right for the age of this. How do you she, think that she would respond? Being that you're not a prank. <laughs> like, if you know, because I asked my homeboy this. His son's like 15, though. He said his son would have been ready. Oh, yeah. And 15. I'm my godson. My godson, it's man, it's and I'm I, I didn't mean to cut you off with this, but it's so crazy watching my godson grow up because he, his dad and I are best friends. Like, I've been knowing his dad since his dad was eight, like, his dad and I grew up together since we were eight years old. And seeing him not even knowing like his dad, how he acted, him they act just alike. So, his mom goes, mm. to, so his mom goes to play the prank on him. She get him out of the bed. BJ, BJ, get up, man. This little girl outside and what well, this boy outside wanna fight me <laughs> And it's just like, okay, come on. Like that's exactly what his dad would have did at that age. Just like nonchalant about it. Like, okay, come on, like let's go. <laughs> like that's how his dad was. And it's crazy just seeing him in him without him even trying to do that. It was hilarious. The fact that you remember exactly how he was that young. Red nigga that, just like his we're dad. Talking bro. twenty plus years ago. Yeah, yeah. But you know, like that's been my best. Like we ain't. That's been my best friend literally since the first grade. Like one of my best friends since the first grade. We ain't like fell out or it ain't been no weird shit. We've grown like to where we don't talk every day anything like that. Not mm-hmm. like we used to. But during that era, we were always together. So I remember. You know how you remember your childhood? We were always yeah. together, and that being your closest friend, especially still being my friend today. Of course, since I'm God father to his child but you remember certain stuff you like mm-hmm. you remember how that used to be like his dad was real good in football his dad was real arrogant cocky when he was little his son <laughs> the same way his dad loved attention 
Uh, when we were all through his life, really, his dad has loved attention. His is son, he a rapper too? He was a rapper. He got a mixtape. I'll send you the link to it. It was a real one of the oh, best in Nashville history, actually. Uh, but yes, yeah, dad put out a real good mixtape, man. But uh, yeah, love attention. Got to be the center of attention. His son the same way, and you just see him pick up on it. Like he looked up to. He looked up to his this son. Like we used to do this thing. We'll have a. To make it look like we had more money than we had, like big things or one dollar bills, like we get like a hundred ones, mm-hmm. and then put other money on top of it, to make it look like it's a big old chunk of money. His son does that. His son got in trouble for going to school with the big thing of ones and having the chains on. <laughs> <laughs> but his his dad, though, you can't be mad. It's like I literally see all of his dad in him. It's crazy. That is crazy. Like my my like my daughter. She she talks a lot and mm-hmm. and she no way. and she can go on and on and on and what I, I be knowing that's me I know that's me <laughs> <laughs> I know that shit is me bro and I be I be mad annoyed <laughs> I be mad annoyed I'm like all, all right baby all right all right that's that's cool we gonna go on, you know we gonna go shut it down and and. <laughs> and and she take her time so when she she talks slow. <laughs> So she that's what she get from her mama. So she talks slow like her mama. She talk a lot like me. That's and so right. she just go on and on. I'm like, okay, baby, all right, all right, I got you. You know. Um But like me as a parent, right, like I'm I'm not here for it, like at all. Like I, I, I don't I don't like I don't like to I've always been the kid, like if if anybody is like uh that grew up in the nineties as a kid if you've ever watched like uh, Rugrats, like yeah. I was like the Chucky type kid, where I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, Tommy. Like this, this, you know, this might get us in trouble. This might get us hurt. I was that type of like cautious um, kid because I didn't like getting you. in trouble. I didn't like getting no whoopings. Uh, we and I de- you. We would have huh? left, left you behind. Oh yeah, that's for sure, for <laughs> sure. And I, and I would let niggas go. I'm like, all right, bro, I'm gonna be right here. And when they come home, they be like, "Where, where, uh, so and so?" I don't know, because like, <laughs> I'm like, "Man, I ain't about to keep getting, I ain't about to keep getting my ass whooped." Like so, but set aside that, I said that to say it's like, what, 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 I always took things to a certain level of seriousness, and so I wouldn't play that way with my daughter, even if I had a son. I wouldn't play that way because that that type of stuff for me is just not fun. <laughs> I'm very like we talked last week about like kind of the consumption of things and you you kind of spoke about it a little bit on uh, on deck this week. I'm I'm not here for I get it. You sure you can make a joke. Oh, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But it's like I'm not here. I'm, I don't like pranks like because I don't because the pranks to me, it plays too much with the emotion and we're too far into society to play in a certain way with certain things that have a certain level of heaviness so i don't play like that so you i like wouldn't eat you're sensitive you're like me it's hard yeah. for sensitive people Sen- to joke i'm I, like, like i know actually i can joke but, but i think but you're you're you can joke just like i can because you have a sense of humor okay but you don't like it to like i i totally get what you're saying because i'm the same way because it'll go for me like but damn bro, i was just joking oh okay, you were joking because i was too i thought that's how we was joking though Mm-hmm. And then people get serious. Like I, I won't say I take it too far, but it seems for me, I would think people are being more serious than they are. Mm-hmm. So in turn, my jokes are okay. I'm being a little bit more serious <laughs> than they, 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 now. You offended? Yeah. Oh, 
Why are you offended? Because I was offended a long time ago, but I'm just more sensitive. Um, than are, so. I got a cousin like that. Like, I actually. I That's gotta, why I always get the responses. Like, just as. And I'll let you tell the, the story about mm-hmm. your daughter, but this just happened today. So I feel like we can talk about it since we're still in the off deck section. Like, when Gilly and Rick Ross are having an issue, and Gilly responded, like, did you see any of that? I didn't see any of that. So. Gilly told a story and we'll I'll probably just quick offset but this is what we do so Gilly told a story about how he had confronted Lil Wayne and it was this whole thing and Wayne was scared but the video came out and the video came out and it was not what the story that Gilly said it totally different so Rick Ross commented on the video and he said fraud he called him a fraud now Gilly play online with Wallow, his partner, uh, in podcasting. Like, he ain't a too serious guy. So, maybe Rick Ross is joking. But Rick Ross and Gilly, I feel like, are from sort of the same place. So, when you start playing with me, like, calling me a fraud, that means something different. Like, now, I'm, I'm not going to respond like I respond to Wallow joking with me about R. Kelly. Because everybody knows it's a joke. But a nigga like you calling me a fraud, people might think that means something. Mm. And he responded going in on Ross, called him an old rapper, still looking for woos and oohs and odds, and he ain't getting them no more, so he online acting silly. Don't come commenting under none of my posts or whoop the woo and this and that, which I get. I totally understand that. Because, like I said, when you're talking about calling someone where Gilly and Rick Ross from a fraud, then you're talking about something different. This ain't no mm-hmm. industry shit. Like, mm-hmm. But where I do feel like the Gilly mishandled it and why I even brought this up because we talk about how you respond to jokes and shit if I'm Gilly you gotta let Rick Ross know before you go nuclear and call him a CO and show how mad you really are about this you gotta let him know that you don't play like that mm-hmm. you gotta let him know like I seen your comment under there before I start talking about you being a CO and a fraud I let you, I don't play like that bro mm-hmm. being called a fraud is something different from where I'm from and if you was just joking you'd hit me up and we can figure it out Mm-hmm. But he went nuclear and would start talking about Ross being a CEO. And part of the problem was you and I were talking about with black men. Like, mm-hmm. let's address this problem as opposed to just putting on this show for everybody who think we got beef. Because if you call me a fraud, then we got something that we can talk about. And yeah. I ain't even got to go back and forth with you online. I'm just going to let you know that I don't play like that. And if you want to handle this situation, give me a call. We can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like, we can handle it however you want to. You can tell me you was just joking or it can be beef because I called you out on it. But however, I'm going to let you know you can't play with me like that because I don't play like that. And he could have left it at that. And it, to me, that would have came out real mature. But he took it another way. He talking about Rick Ross buying horses and shit and all of this and how stupid he looked being an old dude rapping still. Which I understand Maybe you're doing that for content Maybe Rick Ross is going to be on the show But The narrative that we pushing over here Yeah As far as the black man having Elevated conversations I would say I feel like that conversation could have been elevated a lot And a lot of people could have learned something from it Had Gilly taken a little bit more serious And to what we were talking about about. You got to teach people too Like One of the biggest things that I got from a book that I'm reading The Four Agreements is not to be offended By how people like approach you Like I got Mm -hmm. a problem with that like it's part of being sensitive Like Mm -hmm. but you can't be offended At how people come at you Well you can be offended at how people come at you But you really can't take it personal You can't control how people are control how people come at you But you can't take it personal is what the book says Like don't take shit personal You gotta take a minute to step back and be like okay 
I'm not gonna let that affect me in a way that it's gonna get me out of character. So I ain't gonna take this personal yeah. and address it as such before moving forward. Especially if they don't have no prior history or relationship with yeah. you. There's no reason to take it personal. You have no connection to me. But you're literally you just ju- don't want people playing with you. <laughs> and I get that. I, 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 I get totally that. get that. Well, because what happens? You gotta is, figure out how to address that versus yeah, but, taking it somewhere yeah. else. And I think that what happens is it, it ties back to la- the last week's chapter where we talked about insecurity, where you think that when they say that, it's going to, people are going to feel that that person is validated in their opinion and they're going to turn on you. They're going to switch up. They're going to change up. And I was just talking to my wife about the fact that like, like it took her years to get to not care about what people think. I could not wrap my mind around that. But she cared so much. Like, I mean, I'm I'm like, bro, we are up late at night. Like, stop caring about what people think. But she could not get that concept until it finally hit her when I closed the door and we were smoking weed. And I said, okay, let me ask you something. Who else is in here? He was like, uh, it's just me, you, and Zion. I was like, okay. Who pay bills up in here? Uh, just me and you. Anybody coming over here? Anybody live here? Anybody paying? Anybody? Whatever. Nah. Okay. So then, why does it matter what they think? The problem is people wrap their identity in other people's opinion. So then, their opinion serves as a compilation to what they feel is their identity. So you have to detach yourself from letting their opinion become facts to your identity. Your identity is based on what you feel you are and how you conduct yourself. I feel like when niggas get out of pocket like that and start, ah, well, you, you, uh, you got to relax. Like I would almost take it in a way of a sarcasm, like, like a fabulous, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to take it in a, a way where I'm going to be very sarcastic and I'm going to, I'm going to be like, ah, oh, damn fraud. Really? That's, that's crazy. Ricky. Like, you know what I mean? Like, damn, that's crazy. Robert. Like, you know what I mean? Robert Williams? Really, Robert? All right. <laughs> that's what I would have approached it. I would just say a straight Robert. Like, because we know that's his name. Like, I'm yeah. like, oh, really, Robert? All right. Oh. You can leave it at that. Like, it ain't got to be no, but. Exactly. Rick Ross- and that's a way to, like, you. That's a way to show this isn't a joke for me. Mm-hmm. Let me go ahead and set the tempo and the tone for. How this is gonna proceed for? Because how we how we responded was okay. Now Ross can respond. That can be a thing. But if you really are offended by what was said about your name and what you're saying, the perception of how people think of you, then okay, I can't let that waver me from who I am for real. So I need to handle this like you said, like I'm not a fraud. Mm-hmm. But you responded like a fraud. That goes <laughs> like you're responding like you're a fraud. Right. So right. You can't be so defensive. Like, you know, uh jokes are jokes, but if even then, just like on that nine AM in Dallas uh that I sent you uh last week, Drake has said this line about it's like if if I don't respond, you fail to exist. And obviously, he was talking about somebody that was not on his level. Joe Budden, wasn't he? No, 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 no. This, this, this is like thank me later here. This is a joke. Oh wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you don't remember the Joe Budden this? You don't remember that? Hey, I, I meant to send you a video on that, bro, because the dude was talking about how Joe Budden won, won the beef. 
I could see that. Then, but I, I'm gonna send it to you off air. I'm, I'm definitely gonna send it to you because I was like, yeah, low key. Because I thought Joe Joe was cooking them, and I'm a Drake fan. But <laughs> Joe Joe was cooking this. Yeah. But um, you like Joe too though, right? Not anymore. Ah, the Rory and Maude situation that we get to talk about. Yeah, you was on some bullshit. So, but but we, hey, if we do a pod podcast theme, we can definitely. <laughs> We gonna talk about that Cause that's That's a good conversation Yes it is I know we gonna uh, uh, See differently on that um, so, to, to bring it back in What would you How do you think Being that you Don't joke a lot With your daughter If you did this How do you think She would respond To that video I mean she probably Have a lot of questions Like she'd be like <laughs> <laughs> Is she gonna get Her shoes on I think I, can, I think if I were To participate I think I can get her To that, that point is that the hope though of a parent? Well, like, wait, it's it's almost mixed bag feeling right there because I'm not a parent, so I don't know. Is mm-hmm. the hope that the, the kid would be like, okay, let's go, I'm riding for my parent, or is it like, I gotta talk some sense into my fucking parents here? Like, we going outside to fight in the middle of the neighborhood because it was one kid that was like that. Like, this is what we doing? Mm-hmm. Like, we finna go fight in the middle of the neighborhood, which I thought was very introspective for like nine, ten, yeah. eleven year old bro, kids. And I, I don't know if this happens every generation of older people say this, but these kids were smart because some of them were sniffing out the joke. Some of them like were playing along with it. Some of them were like were challenging it. Like, what do you mean go fight? What you doing fighting? Like, you the parent. You come asking me to fight? So I thought that there were a lot of things to take mm-hmm. away from that video. No, I don't think that's the hope. Like, that's not the hope. Like, for me, it's not the hope. Like, for my daughter to be ready to fight. Like, what is your hope right there? My hope is that she can find a way in her eight-year-old brain to be the voice of reason. Oh, for man. A, that's a lot for eight. No, 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 not to stop daddy from fighting. Oh, the other kid. Yeah, just prevent her from being a part of it. Like, like daddy, well, I don't know this kid. Or you don't think I, like that till you go outside and that little girl hit your little girl in the mouth. Then you gonna be like, if you don't grab. <laughs> <laughs> well, my look. <laughs> look, I see it in your face. But you were just thinking about it, boy. Met that little girl hit my little girl in no, the mouth. No, crazy story. I'm a <laughs> crazy story. So this week, well, uh, Tuesday, my dad's wife grabbed. Uh, she picked up my daughter as well as my little brother. I told y'all that I got a little brother same age as my daughter. I could be his dad. Ghetto twins. Yes, ghetto twins. <laughs> and so she took them to the water park or whatever. So eventually they got from the water park. And so my my dad's wife called my my wife. And they well, the my same wife age too. Who? I'm my joking. dad. <laughs> 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 now, now, if that happened, I'm I'm really had to pull my daddy to the side. Ooh. I'm gonna have a real problem. Like, what we doing, bro? <laughs> what are we doing? So my wife called his wife and she's like, Hi, you know, how's I doing? What's going on and stuff? And so I guess my daughter was like these two girls is like trying to pick with her or whatever. Mm. Like it was like, uh I don't know, I guess some about who's the prettiest girl or some shit. Oh man. And so my my daughter had her hair wrapped up because she had the water park. It's like right. I'm not you know, you know black black kid, black woman cold, you don't get your hair wet. Especially because right. my wife just did it. Right. She takes her her little water cap off and be like, nah, hold on, I gotta show them because I'm the prettiest. I'm like, whoa, where's this shit coming from? Where'd she get this little sassy attitude from? And so they was telling us the story. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. But for year for years we had told her like, stop letting people like just dog you and pick on you because she used to let 
kids do that all the time because she was just being nice. And I wasn't mad at her because I understand I used to be that way. But that's what caused me not to care about what nobody think because of being picked on and being nice to everybody. So she now is at that point where she get in that bag a little bit. Like she ain't like no attitude ghetto type, but she will let them know what's going on. So she's like, "Uh uh-uh, my hair is nice and long. My mama did it and I'm the prettiest. So that's funny. Uh, that's a good. I mean, that's a good place to be. But my question is, Spike, um, what's too far for challenges, bro? Like we've had challenges over the years, and some of them have been, you know, kind of fun. And we like, oh, this is cool. This is the mannequin challenge. Or, oh, cool. This is the shiggy challenge, or this is the June bug challenge. You're like, okay, cool. They having fun. They just doing a little dance or recent little a bay bay or whatever that shit was. Like that's cool, but like. Where do you think challenges go too far? You don't have to name nothing specifically, but like the action of the challenge. Because to me, when we seen that video, you were speaking about that uh, of another uh, kid where the father was doing it and the kid really wasn't down for it. And you can kind of see it in his eyes. Like he had been abused. So. Yeah. Like he, like and he knew his daddy wasn't fucking around. Like, like what's that. taking it too far? Man, um, with this, I feel like this is acceptable because these day kids. You're subjecting your own kids to this, and it is not that embarrassing, I guess, depending on what you uh, show. But I always hate when people like show the kids when they disciplining their kids mm. with the stuff when they showing that. But that that's not actually a challenge. So, to answer your question about the challenge, when you're involving someone outside of your like. Those are your kids, like I said. So you're more so responsible for them. But when you like involving someone else and you're embarrassing them, mm. it's it's a, starts to become a sketchy slope. And what I bring uh, to mind is like when a niggas be in Walmart and they be throwing shit and then they'll run, act like it wasn't uh, him, or yeah. the nigga act like he talking on the phone and he'll walk by. Like it started to get sketchy there, bro. Cause some people got a sense of humor, and then some people I done had a rough day. I ain't trying to play with you. So for me, that's where it starts to draw the line. When you start involving other people that you don't know outside of your friend group, this ain't your family. You just trying to get some clout off social media. You don't even know how this person will respond. Challenge. You don't even know me personally. Like why am I even on your video camera? That for me starts to be like. Ah man I wouldn't have done that bro Like I don't really like that But if it's lighthearted, They're your friend groups You know you can Almost salvage it Once they realize What's going on And that's cool But people gotta be causing it of Like everybody Like we were just talking about In the last topic Everybody ain't Ain't playing bro Like some people Had rough days They living rough lives Like I ain't trying to play With you like that And they should have that right Like motherfuckers Can't be like Oh it was just a joke Like oh so it's on you to get your ass whooped behind a joke, bro. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I, I I was involving other people is my answer to that. I I think that's you hit it dead on the nail. Like like bringing other people into, it, and I know exactly what you're talking about. I literally was at my dad's house yesterday. We was watching YouTube. This little they funny though. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> nah, <laughs> it is funny, bro. But but like I agree. Like when you start getting other people involved at the leisure of your benefit for content i think that that's taking challenges too far um i'm here for the fun ones i'm here for the you know but i don't i i don't be liking like the like corny ass like i don't even keep up enough i'm I'm trying to think of something that comes to mind but like what about the comedian niggas 
Like what about the, like I saw one the other day where Funny Marco ATL. That's that's the nigga. That's <laughs> he, he he walked the line, don't he? Oh man. He funny as hell, but like this nigga walks the line. Like he was just talking to this old head. Did you send me that? No. He no. was talking to this old head. <laughs> he tell the old head, hey, come on, man, we're finna take shoot this video right here. And so he started talking. He's like, Yeah, I'm finna whoop this nigga ass right here. And the old head was like, What? <laughs> It was like an OG, like niggas, like what are you talking about? Like ho ho ho, like telling no, well, slow down. What you mean you finna whoop my ass? And like he just trying to talk over him, do the funny thing. <laughs> like the old head was getting up, like just trying to straighten him out. But it was funny because again, I'm familiar with funny Marco videos, but the old head I'm sure didn't find it funny. Is this like, that's one like the comedians? If you're not good, man, that shit can get ugly quick. Even if you are good, like mm-hmm. I said, if people ain't trying to play with you, bro, like. Mm-hmm. That shit can go another way. Is this is it a equivalent to black in practical jokers? I ain't never seen that. Oh, What's okay. That? You gotta watch in practical jokers. That shit is, is that like punked? Uh kind of no celebrities, regular that, people. That, that type of white people funny, not funny to me. Nah, bro. Like, this 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 not this is not that though. Overt but, white people funny is not funny. To bro, me. Uh, it's gotta okay. be subtle. We talked like it's gotta for white people. It's white funny. Okay, let it's me. It's gotta be very subtle. Like okay, over well, white funny does not. No, no, no. Me. Okay, so let me lead with it then. So for example, it's it's four friends. They 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 was in high school together, and so they the, the story is inspiring. But like, what they do is they get a camera, and so it's like they do challenges. Mm-hmm. And so for example, they'll have like these. Uh, oh, where they sitting in like the truck and stuff, and they're watching it from the video, and they like in their ear with the microphone. Yeah. Yeah, like that, or like they do, like they'll do like focus groups. So it'd be two of them. Like, okay, which one of you can can basically make people believe? Which yeah, see, make that's people- too much for me. That's too much. Really? Yeah, that's too much. Cause I don't, I don't like frat, goofy white boy funny, bro. That's like the, the lowest like, brow of bro. Comedy. I don't like that either, though. I don't feel like that's what's that. I feel like that's the manufactured funny almost never works for me. This is not manufactured though. But like the sitting there playing in it, it's this is almost like jackass kind of. And I like I look at it kind of like jackass funny. Like we sit See, here, but I don't think jackass is funny though, because that's just to me it's just flat out it's stupid. Like you're 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 yeah. fucking yourself up for the joke. Like them is I don't feel like they doing it. I feel like this is like regular shit, but it makes it funny to me just because it's like. This is everyday people. And if you put yourself in a, if you think the Marco nigga in the grocery store, if you think that shit's funny, this shit is on those lines. Sometimes it's cringe, though. That's what I'm saying. So, okay, like, the so reason we- that the reason that I give him more benefit of the doubt, if I'm being honest, is because he's black and it's usually black people that he's dealing with. So I'm, I relate more to the scenario. If I'm talking about them, I'm already looking at them skeptical because I don't like that lowbrow comedy anyway. Mm-hmm. So if they like, oh, we're going to do this and do that, like. I, and again, I ain't really abreast of it. I've seen just a couple in clips and passing the note. Okay, like, so maybe, watching yeah. this. But if yeah, I ain't never watched a full episode and nothing like that. I maybe stop for four or five minutes. Oh, what is this? Oh, this is what they doing? Oh, no, oh, no, no, I'm out. So I am speaking from that perspective too. All right, what what's your white comedy? Oh, Seinfeld, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Gilbert, so, so what, what, Joe Rogan. Like what is it about Seinfeld that is funny to you? I like subtle funny. Like I like people that can make like everyday 
it's like scenario funny like i like callback funny like i like something being presented in the very beginning and at the end like it's the punchline of the joke like you had to follow it all the way through mm -hmm. like i don't like like stunt funny stunt funny is like cringeworthy to me like flipping falling over shit I don't. That, that ain't gonna it ain't that extreme me. though, bro. No, it's, I ain't saying it is. Like I thought we were okay. past that. I thought. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. I'm not saying that this is that. But when you ask me what's my white funny and why it's Seinfeld and Curb, like it's the subtle setup. Boom! I came back and hit a home run off the setup. Like I love the setup in White Comedy. Seinfeld is hilarious. Bro. Oh my god, Seinfeld one of the. I best just came. Players. I just came up on this top of this year. The Office is like it too. You an office fan? I tried. I ain't nah, gave it a real nah, chance. You, gotta, you really got a lot. This is I'm, I, I'm willing. I tell you what, me, if you I willing, got, okay. If you're, I tell you what, if you send me a, a specific episode, that you be like, yo, this one, check this out. Not to say I'm not gonna hold you to. This is the best one. This is the the pinnacle definition. I'm not gonna do that. But if you say, yo, this is one of the ones I get good laughter off of, and I'll check it out. Then you gotta check out the episode I send you about Impractical Jokers. I'll do that. But here's the thing about The Office okay. and why it's so great. And this is going to sound fucking crazy to you. I put it in the group chat and got laughed out of there. The Office is a show like The Wire and Breaking Bad. It's very um, location based. The location is the character almost. So the Scranton PA being in The Office that's a part of why it's so good in its appeal. So I can't send you a one-off episode because it also, throughout the whole season, even though they are individually funny, like you can individually watch them, it's a build-up. And the build-up is the big funny at the end. Like, Seinfeld? I, I can send you, like I think, maybe the Chili episode or the Fire Escape episode. It's very hilarious. But what I would recommend, though, just like The Wire, like you wouldn't send somebody one episode of one season of The Wire. You would want them to just dive into it. When you get a chance to watch it in the background or binge it just like every other day or on the weekend, lock in on it. And it, you're going to appreciate it so much more. It's one of those shows like that. Like It's better like than Seinfeld? It's right there. It's on it's on equal footing. I won't say that it's better, but it's on equal footing. Like though to me, The Office is one of the best TV shows ever made. Like it speaks volumes cuz I mean, I don't that good. I'm here for it because uh, and, <laughs> we ain't got all the way off track. This what this is. <laughs> yeah, but this is what it but like when I when I came across Seinfeld, I was like, man, it was on Netflix. I was like, "All right, man, I'm going to check this shit out cuz niggas been talking about this for whatever." I mean, white people or whatever, but like, I'm like, let me just check it out. And I was like, thoroughly impressed off rip. I'm like, Larry David, a genius, man. I was like, what? Do you I, watch Curb? I ain't got around the Curb. Closest thing to Curb is the uh, Junior Soprano. What? <laughs> Junior <laughs> Soprano watching television thinking that's him. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. I remember. But uh, oh, that's a must see for you, bro. I promise you. If you like Seinfeld, it's a must see. Must. Yeah, because I know him and uh, Jerry they they collaborate on on, on uh, producing. This is the him. this is the next level of Seinfeld. It's like Seinfeld takes you to a certain place with that type of comedy. Curb takes you to the next level. It's so good. It's so good. Did you like Friends? No, Sidebar. Hated Friends. Did you like Living Single? 
Now, I, I watched it when it came out because it was black people on TV. Mm-hmm. A lot of those shows now I can't watch. Like, I don't like Martin. I don't like Fresh Prince no more. I don't like Stop, I can't bro. watch those shows, bro. I hey, can't watch can't, that. Hey, put now. in the comments, man. I got to cancel him, bro. <laughs> I can't watch him now. Like, I can watch Sanford and Son. I can watch um, The Jeffersons. I can watch Oh, you just like shows. niggas being broke, huh? I like old funny. Like Broke that, ass the, niggas. The old, the 90s <laughs> funny ain't funny to me no more. <laughs> nah, the Jeffersons was balling, nigga. Hey, okay, I give you that. I thought I thought I heard good times. Did you say good times? No, nah, nah. oh, okay. They, they not <laughs> them niggas. They ain't had no hustle, nigga. I don't fuck with them at all. Nigga. I, I, I try to I try to slip. I try to slide you, you that. Try in, to slide bro. that in. There. I try to say, hey, yo, he... I don't like. I don't really watch no old sitcoms though. Now that I think about it, I just I don't like Martin. I mean, sitcom Martin at all though, bro. Like if you in a like, bro, I ain't watched Martin in ten years. Like I'm, I'm really amazed at how people are able. Actually, like my girl watch Living Single and hey, like, uh, what's the name? Girlfriends all the time. Mm-hmm. I can't. I just can't do it. I, I don't. Bro, like I think you coming in show. too serious, bro. You coming in too well, serious. I just don't want to see this shit again. But it's some stuff I can watch over and over. Like, bro, I can watch Game of Thrones and like That's I'm watching serious. Game of Thrones again now. I'm what watching you, Sopranos again, The Wire. I can watch Better well, Call Saul, Succession. But, okay, hold on, hold on. I can watch the, all this shit. But these are all like something that you... See, you're an information guy. Yeah. So you're so connected to the story and the detail. Yes. But what do you do when it's time for... I just need some shit that I I don't have to put invest that much in, but I'm not in a great mood and I just want to have... Like some subtle laughter here Like just give me some stupid shit Like some like general That's what it serves for for me I'm not about to follow the whole storyline of Martin Or Fresh Prince But like that's what it serves for Like a Wayne Bros Like we know that shit is like they don't, They're don't. they putting on It's it's a sitcom and not yeah, yeah. But like never though bro Like when Martin back went out bro that yeah, shit is funny. It was funny when it happened. Like the the <sighs> most famous funny. I ain't saying that Martin ain't funny. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. The, the episode where they was on vacation and the little rodent. Thing, oh man, yeah, that yeah. shit's classic, bro. Okay. Uh, don't you know no good? Oh yeah, I of course. Still remember going to school the next day and singing <laughs> that song, bro. I still like vividly remember that shit was a hit. So don't get it twisted now. Okay. I, I still I fuck with the shows and where they stood in history. It's just hard for me to go back. And that's crazy too, cause I like older TV shows. I like old music, but I just don't tap into none of that Family Matters. Have Martin, you tried and then you cut it off, or you just ain't tried it off? I just it's it's just not interesting to me. Like Have I just, you tr- I, but I would saying. never even I wouldn't even go anywhere to find it and cut it on. Before I had time to stop and watch it, I would do like a million. Of, I I play a video game. I listen to a podcast. I read a book. <laughs> like I do Damn, so bro. much other stuff before I would cut like a replay of a sitcom on. I may go to the gym. Like this, so you act much. like this is family matters. Like I, if you family said family matters, matters, I'm putting family members in that box too, though. No, 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 that's, no, no. That's what I'm saying, like, if yeah. you said family matters, I'm genuinely like, all right, bro. Like, I'm I get that. That shit is hella goofy and like corny. I get it. Yeah, but like. Like Martin though I even give you Fresh Prince But like 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 And I, I mean again Is that the number one Black sitcom for you? For me it is My wife is Fresh Prince But for me It's it's definitely Martin I mean Really? Well you from that generation I still Even with the controversy Would go with Cosby I wasn't a Cosby fan 
that was my. I, I, I told like, you I didn't like. I, I it, it was cool, but it was just like I don't know. It was boring. I'm more. I'm more of a fan of different world. Mm. Yeah, I'm more of a, a different world. Yeah, I mean, that's probably that's more nineties, obviously. But um, that's your age group, one hundred percent. I mean, that's really your, a- absolutely. I don't know what my favorite sitcom is. Ah oh, man, this is gonna be interesting. So we we really got some material. We gotta we just gotta make sure we listen back and remember this shit. Yes, because <laughs> we definitely got uh, uh, material. But uh, speaking of material, man, TV episode. Absolutely. So we didn't kept the people too long, man. <laughs> We've gotten off to another tangent. All these other subjects, we try to get the people some good, you know, culture topic. Society is what we talk about, and what we the main theme of the week is excitement. You know, is Men, listeners of the show, what you get excited about, you know, what your excitement is based upon nowadays, you know, and even the process of growing to this point. A lot of people, I feel like, are scared to get excited about stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think the term for it is survivor's remorse. And it's that term when things are going right and you're killing it. And you think that something bad got to happen just based off history. Mm-hmm. And that is sometimes true, just based off averages. I mean, life don't happen without bad stuff happening. But I think one of the places where we, as men, start to get held up and scared to get excited about stuff and try to downplay it is because we know this stuff comes with failures. We've become to learn that as we've gotten older and we talked about it on this episode well, excuse me on one of our chapters mm-hmm. so as stuff starts to come with failure what we also should understand is that it's okay to be excited fail and still be excited about stuff or to work through something even when you're not excited anymore mm-hmm. the initial excitement wears off and then sometimes we kind of shy away from it because we don't have the support that we would like or just because it didn't get the initial reaction that we thought we would it didn't impact off the wham like we thought it was so our excitement dies down so one place where we got feel like that we could help each other at in that is continue to be encouragement of each other and again share like we talked about last week and wanting to continue to build on these chapters share the struggles and the successes mm-hmm. it helps you stay excited about stuff because you know that it's a struggle or you know that even when things don't necessarily seem like they'll work out on the first try that they'll work out eventually because you're going to continue to try at it you didn't quit because you got discouraged and i know for me in bringing this topic up when i'm talking about or thought about well what do i get excited about like what makes me happy what am i eager to go do this may seem old and boring and it kind of even plays off what we were just talking about with the sitcoms but for me now what's most interesting is like planning and business and talking about goals like it switched from going out and just doing actual things, but liking to hear what people who I have admiration for or I'm close to hearing the stuff that they are planning and willing and looking to do. The struggles that come with it, the positive stuff that comes from it, what they plan on getting from it, like that excites me now more so than anything. Like I love talking business planning with people. Like well, we do this this way and you put this in and you can, the logistics of business, like, that more so excites me more than anything else where like coming up it maybe used to be video games music shoes or did you see this like some of those things still resonate for me but i found out that i just not is not the same 
Like I used to get excited about maybe what Madden coming out every year. Now it comes out and it's cool. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna play it. But it don't do the same for me as when my homeboy say, "Hey man, this is what I was thinking about doing." Here's how I'm thinking about getting it accomplished. And when it works, man, this is where I'm going to be with it. What do you think about that? I'm excited about sharing feedback about that. Hearing a month from now how that worked and how that happened. Like, that's the place that I am in my life with it. And I think that sometimes Why? we try to... Huh? Why? Why is because that? I become... That's a great question. Because I become more optimistic. You have to get out of survival mode to be really excited about stuff. As you start to become just more optimistic about what you're doing in life, what can work for you, and one of the most pivotal things in your why is understanding that failure comes with that shit. Like a lot of times I used to be scared to get excited about stuff because I knew how if it may not work or a month, two months from now, you find yourself not doing it or not being as invested in it. So you don't want to show anybody that you're excited about it because it looked like you failed at it. Mm -hmm. So you would hide your excitement or try not to be a lot to yourself and act like you're not as excited about it when you're taking on new endeavors. And I've had to even come to a place in myself and talk myself into it's okay to be excited about stuff and it not happening right away. Like just having that investment though. That's why I've been able to change, being able to have that perspective that the investment will work out eventually because I'm going to keep working at it. It ain't got to work tomorrow. It ain't got to work next week. It ain't got to work next month. But I'm going to have new ideas. I'm going to have new plans. I'm going to have new partners. And I'm going to continue to grow it out until I get it to where I want it to be. Mm. That's, that's giving me... That's afforded me the place to be more excited about stuff. How much does belief uh, belief play into the excitement of business and possibilities and potential? Because it, it seems like that is that that has for you to be as patient as you're leading on to be. It takes a level of patience. So how much belief is necessary for you to, you know, feel that you will flourish in those business ideas that you have for yourself, for those who are around you in the future? Belief. What do you mean when you say belief? Well, just belief. Well, because when you have belief. Okay. Right. You're saying you just said like I'm I'm here for it. I know it may not happen today, it may not happen tomorrow, next month, yeah, this year, but right. I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. Right. Within that patience, mm-hmm. there has to be a belief ingredient. Without the belief ingredient, that patience is null and void. Because you're not going to be patient about something you don't believe in. You don't believe will happen. You don't believe will come. You don't believe will change. So. That's why I'm asking about that belief. How essential is that for you? And how did you come to that point of belief? Because a lot of us in our culture and in our race, uh, black people, our belief system is not that strong. Before we'll say it's going to work, we'll say it may work, it may not work. I don't know. So what got you to that point to say, nah, it's going to work. It's just a matter of time. How do you get to that belief system in the business that you're trying to conduct? Great question. 
falling in love with process. Mm. And what that means is the reason that I wanted to be clear on what you meant. I didn't want to. I, I wanted to be very clear on belief not being believing that you would make it to an end goal because that ain't the point in my opinion the point of it is looking at it from i'm doing something that i love so i have to fall in love with the process and in falling in love with the process there is a belief that somewhere in that work because everybody else has made it before made it from working somewhere in that process of doing the work you're gonna find it whether it be the end goal of what you were trying to do, whether it be another end goal that popped up because you were got good at this during the process. But if you fall in love with the process of what you're doing, it becomes a lot easier to have faith in it because it ain't, oh, I got to go do this. Damn, I don't want to do this. It's I know what I have to do to do this. I can show up each day and do it because I got the processes in place. When you and I talk offline and we talk about this and we bring ideas up, that's one of the always the things that I say to you and you probably have noticed. All right, here's the process that we're going to put in place mm -hmm. to make sure that we can do this. Because the end goal sounds great, but once I start learning this process and once I get accustomed to doing this every day, now how am I not going to make it? Mm -hmm. how, because I've, I've in this... It's hard to, because I'm not an expert, explain what I'm saying in the sense of how processes work for your brain. Mm -hmm. But falling in the love with processes of doing things goes a long way. And some of the examples that I would use from our culture is like before Lil Wayne started saying that he was the best rapper alive, it was being in the studio 20 hours a day. I can't fall in love with what this stuff brings me and what I know comes from being the best rapper alive if I'm not willing to be in the studio 20 hours a day. Niggas can be willing to be a rapper and want the benefits of just being in the industry and being a high that they craft, but are you going to be Kobe? Are you going to go to the gym because you got a process in place even after you just want to chill that night? Because I'm in love with my process. It ain't even the pro it ain't even the goal of getting to the championship. Yep, that was cool, mm -hmm. but that was a part of my process. And also a part of my process, I just want to chip tomorrow. I gotta go to the gym because this is what I do. So like when you would hit me up and you say, bro, that was a good episode. Well, just this past week I was able to podcast with the dead end guys. And we did like I went at I went in there at we start partying at 10 o'clock. We got done at 5. Three different episodes. No, it's 10 a.m. to 5 okay. p.m. on a Sunday. And you do these introductions. Hey, I'm Spike Lou from the On Deck TV podcast. You do these all day. Third or fourth one in, last show. Tell them who you are, where they can find you. I ran mine off again, and the dude told me, he said, bro, man, I just want to commend you. That's like black excellence. My guy, Rod. He all right. Yeah, Rod, right. like I, I yeah. modest media. That's my guy, man. Really dope opinions. We like but the same age. Yeah, yeah, y'all. Nah, Rod older than you. Rod older than me. I don't want to throw him out. Wait, 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 Rod the cameraman? Yeah. No, he not. He just said it when we was there, bro. This really? is past week when I was eight. 42, he said. Damn, I'm tripping. I thought he, said, I thought he <laughs> was the only nigga that was like my. Okay. All right. Nick, your age. I stand guy. You and Nick the same age. Okay, stand corrected. But what he was saying, he was like, damn, Spike Lou, bro, 
Your intros should always be so crisp. Like it's always, you know what you want to do. Your 20 second boom, boom, boom. You run through it. The Home Deck TV podcast, Consonant Southern. Like, I appreciate it, one, because he's been doing it a long time. So to also to hear it from him, like from you when you say it. But also, too, it's a part of my process. Like I take this shit serious. Like people should be telling me that I'm good at it, but I can't let that be the thing that makes it worth it. Gotcha. It's just a part of it. And as you and I think that's what makes you continue to get better and continue to give someone like Wayne the confidence to say I'm the best rapper alive or T.I. to say I'm um, king, of the, king of the south or Kobe to carry himself on the court the way that he does or Tom Brady to do the things that he does. It's like you fall in love with being not good at well not the results but you fall in love with the process of what you do and taking pride in that and i do that so i know taking pride in this and when i show up showing up with everything that i have to do this it's going to take me somewhere to where i want to be it may not necessarily be the black podcast network like charlemagne has or the joe button podcast network but shit it may be president and iheart Mm-hmm. Who knows where it takes you, but the process is a part of it, and falling in love with that takes you there. Mm-hmm. For you, very well, well said. Um, I totally agree. And those that are at Dead and Hip Hop, shouts out to them. And yeah, my uh, for, yeah um, I was an early supporter, and also the uh, Rod acknowledging. What you're doing like i've told you before like bro you you really have something special in your ability to communicate on the microphone you know what is crazy about that and i appreciate it 100 but i think we take kind of for granted that being that well when i say we i'm talking about starting with the on deck tv show because chris and i have known each other for so long I'm not sure that I'm able to give him his flowers as I should, or even if he's able to really like what you just said. Like, cause I've never heard that from Chris, who I've been doing this, Animal Brown, who I've been doing this with forever, mm-hmm. 10 years almost. And then you go outside and you step and do it and you hear people saying, you like, am I really? <laughs> but again, you go revert back to the process. Cause I know I do take this serious and that that should be said about it. But it, it does always take you back, especially other people to do it, because you're not new to this space. Like, yeah. you know what someone who does this well and takes it serious sounds like. Mm-hmm. So it does go a long way. But also, I think when we do it with people that we're close to, mm-hmm. we may not respect their ability for it. So it's always kind of surprising because I haven't heard that before I start getting outside of that space. Mm-hmm. Like before I start dealing with you and dealing with dead end, I wouldn't have ever thought that. Well, it goes to what I said, too. I wouldn't have thought that I was good at it, but I started taking my process more serious mm-hmm. also. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when it started connecting and feeling more comfortable connecting with outside people and them telling me that. So it's hand in hand. And I, I think that in Animal Brown uh, as well, actually, he doesn't know, but if he listens to this pod, happens to come across this today, uh, you know, when he listens to it, I actually was bit off his style <laughs> when I was potting with my bros like his style of like reactions to certain things he had like a certain um excitement with it but like an organic natural way of responding and like I definitely like 
because before that I was rapping and so I, I definitely pulled from all my influences but when I got into the podcasting uh, and I came across you all I had a few podcasts that was consistent with y'all it was Joe Budden back when he had Marissa and Rory and it was uh, a podcast that was local in the city that was like huge here called Ignorant Philosophy and uh, when I came they across still do this Ignorant Philosophy they don't do, well he the main guy he still does it and actually me and him actually did some work together uh which was like super honorable because somebody tagged me into a post of his because of my show that i created my audio drama and they was like hey yo they tagged me and said hey you should work with him but he got the tag too and then he reached out to me mm-hmm. but I had reached out to him months before saying, yo, we should work together. He hit, he hit me with the Hollywood shit. <laughs> nigga hit me with the Hollywood shit. Like, yo, these is my prices. Nigga sent me the flyers oh, shit. Oh, oh, everything, bro. Like, he sent me the fly. I'm like, ah, nah, I ain't paying shit. Like, nigga, I'm, I'm up and coming, but I, I believe in my potential. You know what I mean? But then when that, that, that post came and he was like, yo, your show is good. You should link up with this, you know, this podcast. And then it hit him. He hit yeah. me back like, bro, let's work. You know what I mean? So, that's what it takes sometimes. Um, yeah, it do. But speaking of what, what gets me excited as a black man in this world uh, that tries to dull our excitement, uh, I love the processes, but I also love um, I love to be acknowledged. You know, mm. you know, sometimes people that be humble, I'm a person that tries to carry myself in humbleness, not that fake-ass humbleness that Hollywood niggas be trying to do, but like real humbleness where it's like, yo, like, I, nigga, I, I'm not going to act like I'm so important or so I'm God's gift to this earth or whatever. But like when you get acknowledged for your work, your processes, your successes or like your most importantly, your content, what you're creating, that makes me feel good. When I did a pot, when I was doing a podcast with my bros, we didn't get comments. We didn't get a lot of streams. We didn't get a lot of likes and we recorded every two weeks. When we went away from that and they both hit me in the text message like, bro, I don't want to do it no more. Mm. I went and did I went dolo. When I went dolo. Same shit. Nothing. Went back to the lab and decided to create a scripted audio drama podcast. Believed in that shit. That shit got more streams than anything I've ever put out. I'm talking about music. Podcast with them. Uh, video posts on Facebook, anything I've ever put out, it's got more posts in it and more listener reactions. Like I've gotten so many DMs, so many comments, so many emails, like loving the shit, like they are praising it. So for me, what gets me excited as a black man is when they hit me up and I'm on, we can move on to the next part of it. But like there was this woman, she emailed me and she said, Hey, uh, I really enjoy this show. I love hearing from the male perspective, like storytelling. I was so into it. I brought my husband into it. He's here for it too. We love your shit and we're going to be forever fans. And that shit like resonated. I show my wife and like that shit means stuff because we talked about last week insecurities. So I had confidence issues. So hearing these things, these things get me excited and make me feel good and make me they affirm what I felt about myself if I could get past my insecurity. So, um, that definitely. is a good one. I agree. I'm the same way too. I like to be told words of affirmation from people who I respect as well. Mm-hmm. So, as far as like, I always love it when people like the homeboy I was talking about 
at the top of the show with the kids. Uh, he mm-hmm. just reached out and said, you guys are doing a great job with the show. Uh, so it always goes a long way when people say, yeah, I listened and it was dope. Or I was at Dead End. Ken said, man, I listened to it. <laughs> I should, I meant to tell you. He told me because of you, he listened to that Ryan Leslie album. He said he had never listened to it. So he said he had to go back and listen to that Ryan Leslie album. So somebody that you was listening to as far as podcasts and picking their recommendations for music, he told me that he listened to the show. And he's like, man, I listened to that Ryan Leslie. I had to see what the, the, the deal was with it. And he actually said it wasn't that bad, though. All but right. To that point, yeah, it feels great, man, when people tell mm-hmm. us. And I think as black men, like we always try to do the offer suggestions of how we can use this information to try to be better amongst each other and elevate ourselves in communication and in this culture Mm -hmm. that's the purpose of this podcast just like what you said not being scared to tell her like just randomly too like black women do it girl Mm -hmm. you killing it out there like you look good sis (laughs) being confident enough to be able to do that with each other hey bro you're doing a great fucking job i try to tell you all the time with the mixing and the editing Mm -hmm. and audio I've tried to be more vocal with uh, even Animal Brown and our show, just period. I try Mm -hmm. to tell people, hey, man, you're doing a great fucking job, bro. Good job. Good as far as this. Good as far as that. Just being more vocal in our accomplishments towards one another. That helps us build that confidence, be more excited about stuff, be open about our failures, be open to being able to brainstorm with each other and say, hey, well, it didn't work for you. It didn't work for me. Let's put our heads together and see what we can figure out. Like that always helps. And I think, as you said, to piggyback off of it, getting those words of affirmation from our peers, from our friend groups, randomly doing it randomly. Mm-hmm. Like, you do it, watch how it comes back to you as far as a boomerang. Hey, man, good job, bro. I seen what you did right there, man. Good good work. Try that shit. Do you think black men get excited enough about things in life? Is that like, should we Well, I get think more? a lot of us have been in survival mode for so long that it's hard, like, based off everything that we just said, it's hard to get excited, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because you're expecting the other shoe to drop. You're expecting something else to go wrong. So it's hard to get excited about stuff or even show you excitement because people don't that black boy joy that you talk about. I haven't found a better term for that. So I guess I'll use that. With that that you talk about based off societal norms, it ain't normal for black men to be joyous. So we get a lot pulled away from us in that sense. So it's hard for us to get excited about stuff because other people don't like to see us excited. Mm -hmm. So it got to start with us. Like, we got to compliment, celebrate each other, and then other people can get more comfortable with doing it. But, yeah, I do think that it's hard for us to get excited about stuff because people shy away from us getting excited. Like, it's always maybe read the wrong way or I don't know what you happy for. Like, you get a lot of that shit as far as dealing with that as black men. So. You think we uh, we got to – do you think we should do better? I mean, I guess at this point of life – do you think we should handle letdowns better? Because I feel like we don't get so excited because we don't want to be so high up here. That well, that's a part of it, though. I think that's a yeah. part of being able to be excited, yeah. understanding that letdowns exactly. are going to come. That's what I'm They're saying. They're not avoidable. Okay. And one of the best things that I heard, I was listening to this audio book, and God was telling, I don't know if I said this here or it was somewhere else, 
But guy was telling the story about Warren Buffett, and he was talking about failures, essentially. And he said, bro, if you look at Warren Buffett's portfolio, everybody knows who he is. Very popular investor. Everybody knows him from Wall Street and making investments. But I think he said the number was that he's made over, I want to say, 100 or even 1,000 investments in his career, and only 10% of them have been lucrative. Mm-hmm. Like they have made him money mm-hmm. and he's considered uber successful. So with all the investments that he's made and that's his career and he's considered uber successful. Imagine only being successful in your field 10% of the time. Says a lot. It does. Right. But people are expecting to get shit and like do a podcast. And first week we're getting 1500 downloads and i have a million in next year like that ain't how it worked mm-hmm. it might work like that and that's cool because you enjoyed the process of getting there yeah but usually it takes some failures trying a couple of different things we just are not told that just due to lack of i feel like leadership maybe is it leadership maybe well that, that, that there's a that, lack of there's a lack of information for us to let us know that failures are normal it's a normal part of business. Well, it's I a think normal that part of life. You don't have to get down to yourself about failing. I think but that we, we kind of take it harder and we yep. start yep. being afraid to get excited again. Yeah. And I think that we, we take it harder because we like it's just unfortunate, but it's like we're black. So we can't afford yeah. to fail. Like yeah. that it's shit. It's hard to get excited when you're in survival mode. Yeah. And when we're in survival we, mode, like yeah. you, you don't even notice it, but it's hard for you to get excited about shit when you're thinking about the next problem, the mm-hmm. next bill, mm-hmm. next what if this happened, what if it's wrong, what if the car fuck up, what if like the cable go away, all any motherfucking thing where you got to think about surviving, it's hard to get excited about something. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well. I'm gonna move us further along here. We're gonna kind of skim it down a little bit, but yeah, we so, almost out of here, man. We're gonna wrap it up and let y'all go. It's been a long episode. I want to hear this email, man, and, and what how this came about. Well, Ken, before we get to the email, I just want to ask you. Recently, another week in the books has yep. reached a new milestone. It's over a thousand streams. Oh, nice! Uh, shouts out to y'all that are listening at this current moment. Spike Lou, yes, the originator, the creator of this feed, stepped out on faith and wanting to have more streams of consciousness uh, outside of on deck. You stepped out here and you created this, and it has recently reached a thousand streams for the previous episodes and then the new rebrand of another weekend book in the in the books how do you feel about that it says a lot about what we were just talking about with process um it's going to be continuing to grow to a million but just the fact that people are receptive listening having adding to the conversations interested in the type of approach that we're taking there's a lot of different mediums out there uh, that you could consume content with. There's a lot of different approaches that people take for putting it out, whether it be um, current events or social media or music or sports. But we just decided to take an approach of just having conversations. It's just mm-hmm. black men. 
and how that plays out throughout the week, another week in the books, uh, <laughs> just where it takes us and, and what information that we can bounce off of each other to sharpen our swords, continue to be better, sharing that with people. Eventually, we'll get to a point where people are on here with us and giving their perspectives as well, special guests mm -hmm. uh, that you know and you may not know. But what I wanted to do was elevate the conversation. I've said that a couple of times in this episode. That's important to me. Whether it's in, we're talking about on deck, we're talking here. Anytime I do guest spots and features and podcasts, I want to dig dig deeper as a culture, not just black man, but as a culture, just having more elevated conversations, holding ourselves to higher standards. Not saying there ain't no ignorance in there because I love a little bit of ignorance as well. Yeah. But just having a, a elevation, elevation, continue to elevate and be better. That's what the whole thought process of this was. Not stopping at one podcast or thing. Okay. Well. What about you? You're a heavy <laughs> contributor to this. Tell the people a little bit about how you got a part of it and what, you know. Well, I, I, I will say that I'm a heavy contributor. I think since I came along, we probably accumulated maybe 300 <laughs> out of the thousand. But since I've come along, um, I, of course, I, and I, I, I move quickly here, but I, I uh, reached out to Spike because I am a fan of the On Deck uh, TV show with Spike and uh, Animal Brown. And he has another podcast, if you haven't checked it out already, uh, Snow School. And so when I came across Snow School, he was, uh, you know, having certain collaborations with Big Jeff or just doing solo joints. And I think one of the episodes, I think one of the last ones with Big Jeff, he was talking about like what he was looking for from Franklin Saint. And you went into like talking about like protagonists or anti-heroes and you talked about Walter White and then you brought up Tony Soprano when you brought up Sopranos that was a like a spidey sense in my head which made me want to begin to reach out and I actually I had reached out to On Deck before when I first was about to release my podcast my audio drama podcast I reached out to y'all you said that's the same email you sent your boy and he sent you the prices back you just sent out a mass yeah. email to yeah. no 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I sent that out to y'all, and I remember Animal Brown was just like more so like, that's what's up. I think he was more on the lines of like, well, you know, our, our network, we kind of know these are friends or whatever, so we ain't really in that bag yet to like kind of know how to manage uh, people outside of our friendships and stuff. And you were more on the lines of like, at that time, you was like, uh, oh shoot, I think we need to have a phone call and, and you know, chop it up. That was what I could literally probably get, go back to the episode and play it for you. And so, but fast forward, that's when I DM'd you about, you know, a possibility of something that is coming in the works. And so from there, we just began to build and cook and uh, we just rebranded it and we designed some stuff and came up with a concept and came along and started doing this dope shit and so I just wanted to be a part of something I, I, I believed in your talent and I believed in your skills and your um, uh, your ability to influence and impact and I wanted to be a part of that and I felt that I can contribute to that as well and so here we are a thousand uh, a thousand plus streams in another, for another week in the books podcast so billion hey. more to go and <laughs> Off the words of affirmations, I do appreciate you, King. 
Man, you done you a too, magnificent bro. job hopping in there and continuing this thing to roll. And I do know that there are big, better, great things to come. I do know that for a fact. Off the sentimental stuff, man. Get to this email, Mo. So we, we got held him a long time. So we got our first email here from okay. someone. I don't know if it's a. I think it's a male. It's Linden thirty eight. I'm not gonna give his whole handle here, but he says, "What up, Spike and Mo? This show is dope and needed. I have a question for y'all. If I cheated on, if I cheated in the past on my girl and she." Took me back, but recently, let's just say within the last six months, I found out she cheated. Mm. Oh, she, uh, she was cheating. Should I call it even or let her go? What you think about that, Spike? Um, <laughs> I told y'all about the relationship advice that I wasn't. <laughs> oh no, you Doctor Lou now. It's over now, bro. You Doctor Lou. No, I feel like this is the simple question: like, do you want to be with her or not? Like if you do, then y'all need to figure out a way to work it out. Because obviously you, y'all worked through it before uh, when the shoe was on the other foot. But, I mean, if he don't want to be with her, then this is uh, way out the door. Like he can use this like he was cheating before. Maybe that was a real reason him not wanting to be there. Damn. <laughs> That's why my, my girl always say, I'm too quick. Like cutting dry with this shit. That's why I say I ain't the relationship guy because I don't really take a lot of. I like to get you pretty black and white. Black and white. <laughs> it ain't a lot of variables. Like one thing I hate, bro, and like mm-hmm. me and this is how Animal Brown and I became. Like we used to, I told you we worked together in a lot of places. That nigga loved that scenario shit. What would happen <laughs> if like bro, I ain't trying to hit none of that shit, man? But that's that's how people that we even. Understood that people liked our back and forth because, like, he would bring that question up and people would bite in the break room and I would be against it. And people were like, you guys should have a tell a show. Really? Yeah, absolutely. This shit, you somebody need to start that. documenting shit, bro. Somebody literally told us that before we even started doing this. Bro, you need to document this shit. Like, you need yeah. to start jotting some notes down. We do me. the, uh, when I do the, 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 what is it called? The docudrama where they have the actors reenacted it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. We'll do it then. We'll have it show then when we do the podcast docudrama. That's crazy. But man, uh, yeah, I think this is real simple. Like, if you want to be with her, then y'all figure out a way to make that shit work. Like some type of either you're gonna forgive her or figure out some type of open relationship that y'all gonna have, and y'all can still be together. Or if you don't want to be with her, this your way out. Like she I mean. I guess let me let me let me put the ball all the way in your court since you're making it black and white. If that was okay. you and you got you got years mm. put in on it, okay. you, you know you really love her. You you stepped out. You were slipping one night. You know right. what I mean? Like you were slipping. Yeah, I wasn't on the same page, and it's been that way for like you know a little small window. Because in relationships, sometimes you go through a little moment. Mm-hmm. You go out there. You was just hanging with the homeboys. You weren't even intending to be on that. You mm-hmm. just happened to slip up. You stepped out. Mm-hmm. You cheated, mm-hmm. then you realize, you know, like niggas do when they bust a nut, they be like, "Oh shit, nigga, what did I just do?" You get home, you're like, "Damn, try to <laughs> try to <laughs> try to give all that explaining like that explains any of it away." The answer's still the same, nigga. Right, like, I don't man, think. Watch out, man. Watch out. Nah, watch out. I just don't like. 
I'm real low tolerance for niggas that try to explain away they bullshit. And I okay. ain't saying that you're doing it, but like I you'll never catch me listening to the nigga that's like, man, you know how I be, man. Like, man, come on, bro. You know, like, nah, nigga, I don't know how to you want to or you don't. All right, let me let me. I, I'm 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 with you when you're right, but on this scenario, <laughs> I break it down to me then. Relationship. Let, let, let me step in. Step in here real quick. So, only reason I say, and I'm not gonna be long with it, but only reason I say it's it, it gets it gets complicated at moments. Sure, it's like it's black and white. Do you want to be with her or not? But it's like I want to be with her, but I don't know if I can be with her. That's I don't the understand that. See that that and that. That is why you have to. That's why you have to continue to have conversations, because if you don't understand that dichotomy or that that difference between wanting to be with her, but I don't know if I can be with her. Like I'm so hurt. I'm like fuck you, but at the same time I got history and I love you. I because because you you deal with the issues like that may be a one time scenario. And that shit may never happen again And we got past it And we were together to death do its part mm. But also on the other end You might be like I let her ass go And really the next one is the one And I'm glad I did that shit You have no idea in that present moment You can, I mean of course you can be like You gotta live with whatever you choose But it's like It takes a little more thought than just like Do you wanna be with her or not You know what I mean No I do not <laughs> I do not know what you mean. All right, well, Lyndon thirty eight. Let me let me just wrap this up here, bro. <laughs> hey, I love the I love the authenticity. Lyndon thirty eight. Shots off you email. I just say this, man. Like, I'll agree with Spike in some regard. If you want to be with her, then by any means, uh, I would say it depends on how many times she <laughs> she stepped out. Like, okay. if it was a one time scenario. Then you, I'm sorry, but she kind of got that pass, bro. But oh if man, she, I mean, you know what I mean? Like you, you know what I mean? You, you got to kind of ride that. Like she and she came. If she came forward and told you, sure. But if she didn't and you found out, then I say fall back. Uh, you know what the black and white <laughs> things come from for me is like I wasn't always like that in my life, but I feel like the straightforwardness gets people. It helps people, even if they don't know it. Like, because sometimes it ain't easy to be like what I just like what you just said. If you want to be with or not, sometimes you know, but you don't want to say it. You know, you want to lie to yourself and go through the motions and act like that ain't really what it is. But that little voice in your head that we all hear is telling you something different. And you're trying to act it out another way. So usually, when you're direct with someone, you can kind of get a glimpse of that that little voice that they're using. So that's why I say that. I get that, but I also think that sometimes it's like it ain't just a quick. Oh yeah, I don't fuck with it. <laughs> but I agree. I know what I'm, you're I'm saying. Different. I've been. There. I'm different. I get what you. I know that I'm different no, when it comes to relationships. I can. So, but I can go both ways with it. So I, I've been there too. Like, I'm at that age now where I, I'm straight direct with shit. But like yeah. sometimes, like oh wait, 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 slow it down. Think about it first, because I I know initially like I oh, fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, all right, so. As we wrap, it's been another week in the books. We got homework assignments. Yes. Did you check out? Did you check out last week's homework assignment? I listened to the first ten minutes, and I that was it. 
I don't like randomness, bro. You know, like, oh <laughs> like we were just talking about. Hey, we canceling this segment. <laughs> this segment is over, nigga. Bro, it's like, just like what we were just talking about when you said with Animal Brown. Like, I knew when you were explaining it, but I still gave it a shot. The scenario shit, like, would you rather or did, like, I'm never here for that. Like, I'd like, like my girl to see something on social media. Like, did you see this? Well, what would happen if you, I don't know, bro. Like, I, I'm never into that. So this was a note for me. This homework was I, bro. Elf. I, I yo, I, I ain't got no more homework for you. I know how you deal with homework, so I ain't giving you no more through homework. it. Yeah, That's I ain't giving you no homework. But I no, will I say, appreciate some of this. Is, you just listen. You take a lot of content in, though. You take a lot. You, of I think you take more content in than I do because you're more. I mean, I guess more direct. So you you more focused with what you receiving or whatever. But I kind of. I try to have a little bit of everything that kind of balances me out. Everything moderation. That's kind of my mm. uh, content consumption. But what I will say as we move on, uh, the you gave me the book called Power of the Subconsciousness by Dr. Joseph Murphy. Yes. I will say. Um, you had a hard time finding it. Did you find it? That shit is fucking fire, nigga. I told you. Nigga, I'm, I'm chapter three. I found it on Spotify. Nigga, Crazy, read ain't it. I do reading it. Crazy, some of the stuff I had like, to start sending shit to my wife, nigga. Bro, it's I, crazy. I start sending like uh, screen record. That shit of, is crazy. Some of the shit. Some dude, of the like, shit, like some of the shit, I don't agree with, but like I definitely. Yeah, I ain't agree. never, I, and that's one of the things. I'm not even necessarily saying that I agree or like yeah, this shit is factual. But, but, yeah, the but some of that shit, is the thought amazing. patterns, the thought patterns, like the way he talks about the subconscious. Subconsciousness connecting to the consciousness and how that affects your actions and your moods and your uh, uh, success. I agree completely. Yes. Yes. Um, so I'm going to continue to check that out. Um, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, that was good. So what what do you have this week as we wrap up? I want you to continue with counterpart. I want to really get into some good TV talk, man. Maybe one of our episodes would be strictly TV based. Okay. If you take another episode of Counterpart until, because I know you said you watched it a little bit, but mm-hmm. I want to know, because the end of the season one, I feel like is really well. And I ain't expecting you to finish the season, but just give me some feedback for the next week's homework on where you got to some more in that episode and series, because we can go in depth about it once you finish. Okay. All right. Did you watch the other doc, the Nas Supreme doc that we talked well, about? On I mean, well, when y'all talked about it on deck, y'all turned me off to the shit now, so I don't even know if I'm even going to check the like, shit. You probably like, you know me. I don't know now. Like, y'all niggas <laughs> was like, it was like, we all say, you spoiler alert, LL Cool J is the best. I was like, all right. Like, Definitely. Have you seen that part of it? I seen like a little clip up. I mean, the trailer, but I almost think like maybe, this, maybe it worked better as a show like BMF. That might have worked better. You think? That would have been fire. I think it might work better. That would have been absolutely fine. You put that shit on Showtime. Absolutely. Since Stars got uh, BMS. Just don't let Fifty make it. Don't let. I mean, that's why I say Showtime. Yeah, or Irv got it. No, no, Irv, no, no, no. No, Put it on Showtime. That's what I'm saying. But okay, I was. I had. You have a homework for me. I mean, I ain't. As long as it ain't no Ace Hood type. Or as long as it ain't anything. Clearly, because everything I give you is like. Butter bum bum shit. Deal. So I, you ain't got no homework this week, nigga. I had some shit, but it ain't no homework. Well, you know what? Fuck. What did you have? I had. So I, I sent you the Bill Bellamy. He just came out with oh. a new podcast. I'm a big Bill Bellamy fan. That's crazy. Excuse me. Yes. Why? 
How are you a big B? You, I can I can see the mannerisms now too that you say that too. I can see that you've molded. I'm an R B nigga. Like he's. But I can actor. see that you've molded. So you you took some of Bill Bellamy swag. Would I don't you know if that? I did. I, I wish I did. You got a little bit of his man. I can see it now. Like the little bit of the the, the Bill Bellamy. Bill Bellamy not the bad. He's pretty funny. I don't dude. know what that means. <laughs> I just can see the little bit of it now. I can see the influence now. All right, you know what I'm saying like I see it. Alright well Bill Bellamy He just came out of a podcast recently called Top Billing which I thought was a great name Great intro uh, I sent you the episode With T.I. he kind of talked about his uh, uh, Comedy stand ups and stuff But he recently this week Just did an episode with Tony Rock uh, It's 30 I like minutes I like okay. Tony Okay well then this, this finally might be You might give an A plus here It's only like about 35 minutes It's a short ass like his podcast ain't really cooked yet this Tony Rock episode, there was this one part where he was talking about like he has a segment called like All Facts, and so they tell his story. And he tell me if it's all facts or not, and and it's a story about people saying Tony Rock got hands, and so Tony <laughs> and so Tony Rock basically scrapped this other comedian that was talking shit, and Tony Rock kind of tells the story about it, and so that's my homework for you. That's all I'm going to leave it at. But it's like 34 minutes. It's easy. You can probably ride to work on this shit if you so, got a, a decent job. So I'm here for a Tony Rock fight story because I've, I've, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. Am I mixing him up with Charlie Murphy and being the brother of a famous comedian oh, okay. who I heard could fight? Because I think I've heard that Charlie Murphy had them hands. All right, Charlie looked like he had them hands. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm confusing that with Tony Rock, though. So I'm, I do want to hear this story for clarification, too. But and I like Bill Bellamy. Yeah, and, and it's slow. It's it, it's 34 minutes. Like 30 T. Something. I'm definitely going to listen to the T.I. episode, too. Yeah, I like And I just like Bill Bellamy because he comes off like he's just a fly, cool, old nigga. Like, you know what I mean? Ladies, man. Like, I like that shit. I'm an R&B nigga. So that's that's why I connect with him anyway. Like, that's, that's the type of nigga I always wanted to be. I only rap because I, I didn't know I could sing. That's it. I think that's a perfect, perfect way to leave another way in the <laughs> another week in the books. I am Spike Lou. We got R and B Mo. Yes, sir. You can find me on Instagram, the underscore conceptual underscore Maurice Hunt. Check out my other podcast, Roll the Audio Drama Series. I'm acting, writing, producing, and all that good stuff. So go check that out, man. Fire. I am Spike Lou everywhere on all social sites. Holla at your boy doing different work all over the place. Uh, getting this thing rolling, man. Check out the On Deck TV show every Wednesday. Check out another week in the books every yes, Friday. Sir. And every other thing that we have content release based. We are out. Yeah.